what a disciple, a follower of Jesus would be. It's someone who is fully devoted to Jesus. So the question that I want us to start off thinking about today is this, and I want to ask you this, what are you devoted to? What are you devoted to? Now, you know, if you're new at Pathway Church, you may not know this. If, if you have been here a while, you may have forgotten this. But since June of 2014, I don't know what you were doing in June of 2014, but I know what we were doing here at Pathway. Since June of 14, we have been changing. That's when we began this, this focused journey to change who we are as a church. And we called it Restart way back in 14. And so for the last few years, we've been in this change mode. Now, you may not have realized that you probably didn't even think about it unless you're maybe on a leadership team here at PC, but, but we are in this mode of thinking and continuing to change. One of the things that we changed was how we looked, the appearance of our church. And if you remember, we went through a major remodel in this room, and many of you participated through not only donations, but giving of your time and working hard and all of these things that we have done. And, and it's so cool to, to see people who have not been here in a while come back and go, Wow, that's the word that I hear, wow, a lot. Um, it, it's so cool to hear that. They don't expect to see what they see on our campus. Um, but one of the things that we wanted to do was not just change who, how we looked. We wanted to change who we are, what I was calling to change our DNA. And that's what you saw in the intro um, video. It, it's, it's, it's a change of, of what makes us up as a church. Um, and what I've discovered is that takes time. That's not something that you can just throw some money to and have a couple of work projects and boom, now you're a brand new DNA church, right? No, it doesn't happen that quickly. It takes time to shift and adapt and change who we are on the inside and why we do what we do, all of those kinds of things. And so for the last few years, we've been intentionally changing and growing and adapting our DNA as a church. And this year, when we went away to Colorado, um, a couple of the different times that I was able to take my dogs out and we just, we just go out on this golf course at my in-law's house, um, I, I just had some time where I was asking God, God, what do you want to do? I feel like you want to rekindle this uh, approach, this, this uh, focus of changing who we are. I don't feel like God is done with it. I don't feel like we need to drop it. I feel like it's a continuation. What do you want to do? And some of these ideas and some of these thoughts just became um, very real to me during that time period. And um, on one of the days that I was out doing this, walking the dogs, um, I just felt like God was pushing us to a concept and an idea um, found in the New Testament, what we're going to begin talking about um, today. It's, you know, I, I believe that we are becoming something different as a church, something new, but it's not really new. It's kind of new for us, but it's not really new because what I've realized and we have realized as leadership here is that we need to return to the original prototype of the church, um, the original intent of the church, like it was in the beginning. Acts chapter 1 tells us this. The writer Luke gives us some details. He says, During the 40 days after Jesus suffered and died, 
Jesus appeared to the apostles and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Wouldn't you love to have been around during those 40 days when he was proving to them that he was actually alive? Luke doesn't tell us what he, what did he do? Skateboard? I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know why that came to mind, but you know what I'm saying? What did he do to prove that he was really alive? What were some of the things during those 40 days? We we know a few things, but we don't know all. I mean, you know, did he grab Peter's hand and say, Peter, feel my heartbeat, you know, put his hand to his chest or what, what did he do to show his apostles that he had really come back to life? So then he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So then after that 40-day period, we know in Scripture that Jesus ascended back into heaven. His followers, his apostles were watching as he literally, you know, floated back, ascended back up into heaven. And these followers decided to return to Jerusalem just like he had told them to do. And so we pick up the story on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. All the believers were meeting together. It's interesting. They were meeting together. So they were all together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken. They didn't know what was going on. And then we're told in verse 14, that's when Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, People of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. With the help of Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. And it says that Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said, What should we do? What are we supposed to do with this, Peter? Peter said, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to show that you have received forgiveness for your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love this next verse, verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the what? Church. Other than when Jesus used the word church in Matthew 16, this is the first time that it appears again in Scripture. Those who believe what Peter had said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. I don't know if you get the impact of that. We're talking... 120 or so people gathered together and this takes place and Peter gives a sermon and 3,000 were added that day. That's church growth, isn't it? That's amazing. I, I mean, I've had this conversation humorously with my wife several times. I have always said, can you imagine kids' class chaos on that day, right? 
So many families coming in. 3,000 added on that day. This is what I want you to understand. Church is not an event. Say that with me. Church is not an event. This one. Church is not a place. Say it with me. Church is not a place. The word church in the New Testament always refers to people. Always. It's always a group of people who gather together specifically because of their belief and their trust in Jesus. That's what the followers of Jesus did in the, in the second chapter of Acts here. They gathered together. The church, the idea, the concept of the church it, it lies at the very heart of God's purpose, his eternal purpose. We're told that throughout Paul's writings and in the book of Ephesians and Galatians. We're told that, that, that the church lies at the heart of what God wants to do in history. God's purpose is not merely to save isolated individuals. Listen, God loves to be able to make a difference in your life, but do you know that it's bigger than you? His plan is bigger than you. God's purpose is to gather a group of people. You know why? Because there's strength in number. I like to say there's splash in number. When we do our outreach events here in Claremont, we make a splash because there's Hundreds of people showing up in one area. We make a splash, an influence. God wants to gather people. And he wants to do it through the church, in the church, as the church. And because we're concerned here at Pathway, we're concerned about what God's plan is for the church. We're interested in what God intended the church to be. And so we've been asking since 14, 2014, God, who do you want us to become as a church? And so today, just briefly, and then when I get back, we're going to pick this up. But I, I want us to take a look at day one of the church. I mean, if, if you're going to look at a prototype, you've got to step back to the original day of what it was like. Why, what was the intent? Why was it you know, started? Why was it going? What's the purpose? And so we step back to day one of the church. They had just received new life in Jesus. They had just received the Holy Spirit. And now these, this group of people begin to do and, and to be exactly what God wants them to do and to be. They are not influenced by anything at this point. This is brand new, day one. They are just following their instincts as the Holy Spirit leads them in this original prototype of the church. They come together to simply do what God wants them to do. It's so pure in its form. And this is what we have in Acts chapter 2. And nowhere do we get a better look, a closer look at the nature of God's plan for the church than we do right here. Take a look at it with me. Verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. 
and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. We saw in verse 41 that, that 3,000 were added to their number in that day. And now we see in 47 that each day more people are being added to their numbers. Amazing. So in this series... I want to unpack really just one verse in this passage so that we begin to change who we are based on an understanding of what God wants us to be as a church. Today, let's talk about verse 42. In fact, let's talk about one word in verse 42. It's the word devoted. Would you circle that word devoted? And let's read this passage together. Come on, read it with me. All the believers devoted, I only hear like two people. Bill, thank you. Let's, let's read it together. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. Wow. So what do you do when something new comes into your life? Most people do everything they can to nurture it. It's something new. It's brand new. It's exciting. And so they, they want to keep it. They want to enjoy it. They want to nurture it. You know, most of you know, I already mentioned that our oldest daughter, Shannon, is ready to pop any day. She is like 38 weeks. We've been told that the baby is eight pounds, six ounces already. Hum baby, right? Can say that, no pun intended. I mean, that's a big baby. Caleb, he was nine, nine. I told Shannon, you might beat him, you know, kind of thing. And then sister's like, yeah, you know. And then she goes, no. <laughs> All right. So you know what that means, right? Um, and so uh, they, they are doing a test this week. They're doing a test. Um, she's showing, Adrian, you can help me out with it. They're showing, she's showing proteins in her blood. And so they're talking preeclampsia. If you know anything, you can ask Adrian. She'll fill you in. But so, so they may induce. They may induce early. And if that's the case, they may do it this week. Okay? Um, and so this is going to be, I, I talked to Shannon last week, this past week, and I just said, we were talking about all kinds of things. And I said, Shannon, you know, this is going to change your life. I'm so excited for you. And part of me is saying, you're going to see what it's like. <laughs> That's what I said to her. Because it changes your life, doesn't it? If you're a parent, you know. If you've been a parent, you know. It just, it, it, it changes your life. Abe and Shannon will go through what all first-time parents go through. They will become fully devoted to this baby boy. We already know it's a boy. They will become fully devoted, right? You know what I'm talking about? It just takes over your life. It, 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 there's something about it. This baby, he will captivate their every waking moment and some of their sleeping moments as well, won't he? Yeah, he will. Fully devoted, fully engaged in this process. 
In the New Testament, devoted is an incredibly strong word. When it's used in Scripture, it's, it's an amazing word. It comes from a Greek word, proskaterio, and it, and it means to lean hard into, to be actively engaged in, to continue to do something with intense effort, to give constant attention to, to adhere closely to. When it's used in sentences, it would have referred to being totally attached to someone like a friend. It would would be being completely faithful to someone like a dog is with its owner. Being fully engaged in something, maybe like at work. um, Continuing without stop, like climbing a mountain. uh, Committing lots of time to, like an athlete would be in training. So it would speak of a wife being devoted to a sick husband. It would speak of a mother being devoted to her children. It would speak of a new, newlyweds who, who can't be apart from each other. Devoted is not just being together. Devoted is, is not just liking each other. These followers were profoundly devoted to the things of God and the people of God. And that's what we're going to see throughout this series. When I get back in February, we're going to hit this hard and heavy. Take a look at the passage again. Verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. I want you to notice something about all four things that are listed, and we're going to unpack all four of those. All four of these activities named in this passage, get get this, are corporate. When when the writer Luke put these terms down, they were all referring to group activities. So even to the point of prayer, he's not talking about individual prayer, he's talking about corporate prayer. So he's saying that they were devoting themselves to teaching Together, to to learn together through exposure of teaching. Devoted to connecting together through fellowship, living life together. Devoted to sharing together through meals and through communion together. Devoted to praying together for their church, for their community. Everything was done together. Not temporarily, not intermittently, not sporadically. This was, not, this was an ongoing way of life. Week in, week out, day in, day out. Learning, connecting, sharing, praying. Learning, connecting, sharing, praying together. And so the question that I want you to fill in is a tough one. And it's straightforward can I honestly say that I am devoted to Pathway Church in this way? Can I honestly say that I am devoted to Pathway Church in this way? Devoted speaks about commitment, frequency, and priority. Devoted means that you make Pathway Church important in your life. Devoted means that you make Pathway Church regular in your schedule. Devoted means that you make Pathway Church a priority above everything else. 
All the believers, verse 42 says, all the believers devoted themselves. For the most part, I'm just being honest with you today, is that all right? For the most part, I don't see this in us. For the most part, I don't see us being this devoted to the things of God and the people of God. You say, well, it was the first century. This is the 21st century. Things were different back then. We're so busy now. Come on. Get over that. God is a God for today. And God is speaking to us in the 21st century today about being devoted to him and to each other. This is something that needs to change at Pathway Church. There's a section, the last section in the New Testament. It's called the Revelation. Uh, The Apostle John writes this letter, and he writes it specifically, of all things, to seven churches in Asia Minor. Specifically to churches. That's what I don't want you to miss. He's writing this letter to churches. And in Revelation 3, we read this. Write this letter to the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. Basically, he's saying, this is written from Jesus to you. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, I got to tell you, I have heard this passage taught and preached, I can't tell you how many times all my life, maybe thousands. It's a very popular passage. Generally, the words hot, cold, and lukewarm are interpreted as a designation for spiritual commitment. It's taught that, that Jesus wants us to be hot with spiritual zeal. Or at least cold and indifferent. But he doesn't want us to be lukewarm. But unfortunately, many believers, Christians, followers of Jesus, churchgoers, are lukewarm. We believe in Jesus, but we fail to take our faith seriously. I want to add something to this to, to give you a little bit more understanding. Several miles Uh, northwest of Laodicea, perched atop a small mountain, is a city called Heropolis. Heropolis is at the base of of this mountain, and it's an extraordinary place. Even to this day, you could go and visit it. It's it's, um, an extraordinary geological formation that is produced by natural hot springs that surface around the city. Isn't that amazing? The subterranean springs create a snow-white calcium deposit that cascades down the slopes like snow or ice. That's calcium that you're looking at there. That's real pictures from there. So even today, this city, Heropolis, is known for its steaming mineral baths that you can bathe in. It's known for, get this, hot water. 
Incredibly hot water. In fact, it's claimed to be healing properties in this steaming hot water. Now, in a different direction from Laodicea is the city of Colossae. And it is almost certain that in the first century, when the the letter of Revelation was written in the first century, you could have seen Colossae from Laodicea. Unfortunately, Colossae is almost completely destroyed to this day. You can visit ruins, but it no longer exists as a city. Colossae, though, was known, guess what, for its cold freshwater springs. Had some of the coldest water being produced from springs in the area of Colossae. So you have these incredibly hot springs in in the area of Heropolis, and you have these incredibly cold springs being produced in the area of Colossae, and guess what? Laodicea had no springs at all. In fact, no other city in that valley was as dependent on outside water sources as Laodicea. We who live in San Diego should relate to that, huh? We import loads of water, don't we? I mean, I was talking to my father-in-law when we were in Colorado, and I said, bring the snow, snow baby, because we need the water in SoCal, right? We get a lot of water from them. So Laodicea had to import their water. In fact, you can Google it. There's aqueducts that have been found and discovered that would flow from Colossae to Laodicea, possibly from Heropolis to Laodicea too. They're not for sure on that. But the, 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 the thing is, by the time the water got to Laodicea though, guess what? It was lukewarm. The hot water was no longer hot. The cold water was no longer cold. The Laodiceans were left with lukewarm water. Do you think they wished that their water was hot or cold? Yeah. Do you think they wished that they could have those properties of that steaming hot water delivered right to them immediately so that they could enjoy it? Sure. Do you think they wanted to have the refreshing cold water come to them? Sure. Didn't happen though. All they got was lukewarm water and You know as well as I do, there isn't much use for lukewarm water. Hmm. And so like its water supply, which was neither hot like the springs of Heropolis or cold like the springs of Colossae, Jesus said that the way the followers followed him in Laodicea was lukewarm. It was good for nothing. So to wrap off today, I go back to my original question. What are you devoted to? Are you devoted to the things of God and the people of God? Would you bow your heads with me? just with no one looking around. You need to ask yourself that question. Am I devoted to the things of God and the people of God in my life? I 
think this is a change that needs to come to us as a church. And the thing about change, the thing about specifically change of DNA in a church is that the DNA of a church can only change when the people change because as I've already established, church is not an event or a place. It's a people. We are Pathway Church. You are part of Pathway Church. It's not a place. It's not an event. It's us. And the only way that Pathway Church will change is if you and I change. And the only way that we at Pathway Church will become devoted, like this passage talks about, is if you and I become devoted. This is a tough one. This is a begin the year kind of question, isn't it? Brand new year, brand new you. That's what God wants to do. He's calling you to be devoted to him and devoted to his people. If you call Pathway Church your home, home church, we're your people. You got us, we got you. So are we devoted? Am I devoted? It's a good question. Today, this is one of those questions that I want us to take with us. I know that we'll continue this series later, and so I believe the Holy Spirit's going to push down on this a little bit more when we come back together in February. But for today, this is a question we need to deal with in ourselves and on our own. If you're married, you need to involve your spouse in that conversation, that discussion. It, it needs to be something that you talk about. How are we doing on our devotion? to the things of God and the people of God. If you're not married, if you're single, you need to ask yourself that question and really be thinking about, am I devoted? Am I really devoted to the things of God and the people of God? It talks about a, a daily engagement. It talks about a, a corporate involvement on a regular basis. Friends, I'll tell you, it's hard to be devoted to something without giving it time. You know, it's hard to be devoted to something without making a commitment. It's hard to be devoted to something without some kind of frequency, being regular, putting it on your schedule. It's hard to be devoted to something if you don't make it a priority above anything else. You can't be devoted if those things aren't present. And so the The what do we do with this question, issue is something that you have to decide that I have to decide how can I become more devoted to the things of God and the people of God Father thank you for speaking to us today your word is real and it applies to us in the 21st century and I would say that all of us in this room 
we need to change. I don't care where we are on the scale of devotion to the things of God and the people of God. I don't care where we are on the scale of devotion. All of us, you are calling all of us to more devotion. So I ask that you would help us to take what we've talked about seen, heard today and that we'd be bouncing it around in our heads and it wouldn't just be a thing that we would only think about but it would be something that we would put into practice we begin to take steps and apply in our lives in the weeks ahead I believe that most of us in this room we want all that you want to do in our lives problem is that only happens when we are fully fully devoted followers and I'm not there yet and I would say that most of us in this room we're not there yet we need to follow you more we need to lean in hard to you we need to actively engage more we need to continue going more we need to commit to it more that's what you're talking to us about and we hear you so I ask that as we put our minds into your word the Bible on a daily basis as we spend time reading your word I ask that the Bible would come alive to us like I know it is the word of God is alive and active we know it so So help us to sense it and feel it and experience it. Don't let it just be words on a page. When we spend time in prayer with you on an individual basis, help us to hear you speak into our lives. Help us to sense your peace and your presence so that we know that you're with us. Don't let it be just routine. Let us know you, feel you. God, when we come together for worship together, on the weekends, I ask that you would create within us a zeal, a desire to experience you together with other followers, that it wouldn't just be routine or going through the motions, but that it would be a desire that would consume us so that we want it, so that we're looking forward to coming together on the weekends, and that when we're here, help us to experience your presence, to hear your voice and to respond to you in ways that we cannot do individually. Help us to fall in love with the things of God and the people of God. That's where it starts, God. This change that you want to do, this is where it starts. This is for us, Pathway Church. This is for us today. We hear you, and we will respond to you, God. We pray in your name, and everybody said, amen. Listen, practical application homework. Ready? I need you to be here the next two Sundays. I'm not going to be here, but our teams need you. Our worship, they're going to kill it. And if you miss it, It sucks to be you.
I'm telling you, I'm just being honest. Because they're going to kill it because God's anointing is on this team. When Ben, my mentor and coach, comes to share, I'm telling you, he's going to bring God's word. And you need to be here. He moved his schedule. I struggled to find somebody last minute. Okay, it's just hard. And he changed his schedule to be here. He said, I'll make this happen. You know why? Because God wants to use him in your life. And if you're not here, you miss out. So I need you to to devote two weeks. That's all I'm asking. Two weeks. Say, you know what? We're going to be here. Two weeks in a row, we're going to be here. We're going to support what Pathway is doing. Our kids' ministries, when my wife is gone, our kids' leaders, they need your kids here, right? They, they need to have a full class so they can have fun and your kids will grow and learn and know about Christ and all these things. Help us. Be devoted. Be devoted. Be devoted to the things of God, the people of God. Be devoted to Pathway Church. I know I'm biased. I know I'm the pastor. I know I get paid to say this, right? That's okay. This is a good thing. You are a good thing. I, I, you need to know that we have experienced a lot of churches and there is no church like us. I didn't want to go to this trip. I mean, I love Shannon. I want to see the baby and all that. But I don't want to be gone from here. I was just gone. We had two weeks off. All of us did. And I think it was Adrian that said, it's good to be home. Last week she posted that. It's like, yeah, that's the way I feel. It's good to be home. Not San Diego home, Pathway home. It's good to be with you. We have something special here. And we may be small. It's just that people just don't know it yet. There's something special here. And it can only get better as we change and grow. So let's commit. Let's devote ourselves to this and see what God wants to do in our lives. See how God wants to use you to minister to somebody else in this group. We're going to talk a lot about that because you may or may not know, we have a lot of people who are struggling right now and they need you. They need us. We are Pathway Church. So let's be it. Let's be the church. Don't just go to church. Don't just do church. Let's be it. All right? Two weeks. Devote to me. Two weeks. Let's see what God can do. God bless you. Hope to see you when I get back. Pray for me as I'm gone. Love you.